fechada. Season four, we're starting off with a bang. We're starting off with a bang. Normally, we just go into a regular episode. We were going to go into a gambling episode, but this time we have a very, very special guest with us uh, on the panel, as always, uh, South Carolina, Mr. Axel Galuckian. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, our producer, Emmy Award winning producer extraordinaire, Mr. Joey Clax. How we doing? We're going to pretend like he won the Emmy for this show, in case you were wondering, Tuck. Um <laughs> And then we have a special guest. Axel, you want to introduce our special guest? Ooh, boy, do we have a special guest. We have just finished up an incredible five-year collegiate run, starting guard for your Purdue Boilermakers, Mr. Tyler Witt. Give him a round of applause. Off clap. Welcome to the show, bud. Uh, thank you, guys. Appreciate you guys having me on. So we're doing a series here with a bunch of um, NFL prospects going into the 2022 draft. And Axel was on Twitter and he's been a fan of ties for a while. Um, Axel loves offensive linemen. He loves um, large, large men in general. Um, yeah. That's why he likes Clax better than me because he's about 100 pounds more than me. Um, and you might be 100 pounds more than Clax. So he probably likes you, you know, triple. Um, Makes me happy. So we're going to cover a whole bunch of things in this interview here. We're going to we're going to talk about. Um, obviously football and college football going into the NFL. Uh, we're going to talk about some of your favorite foods because as an offensive lineman and food lover on this show, we have a couple of things we want to discuss with you, but we want to take it back all the way to the beginning first. So where did you grow up? Where, did, where were you born and raised? Uh, so I was born in Elmhurst, Illinois, um, moved a couple of years after that to Joliet, Illinois, where I grew up and, uh, still live today um just grew up uh playing little league football and then i went to joy catholic academy uh where i played high school football did you play other sports too or was football your main uh well growing up i played baseball for a while and then during football season my eighth grade year i didn't know this at the time but i had a stress fracture in my pelvis and i was getting treatment done for a hamstring injury because that's what we thought it was. Um, so that really limited me when it came to baseball. So I decided to uh, just end my baseball career after I played one, one last game and then I called it a career and just got ready for football season in the fall. Uh, first year of high school. Did you play other positions or were you always an offensive lineman? Uh, I think there was two years total of my whole career that I've played a position other than O-line um it didn't really last very long though so were you uh, one of the big one of the bigger kids growing up I'm assuming yeah I was I always played uh up a couple of years too because I was so big um normally I was with like a grade or two higher than me and so I just you know I had to get used to it 
and I was always a heavier kid too. So I was always a offensive lineman, which I didn't really mind too much because just everything about the position, you know, I grew to love and kind of why I chose to be an offensive lineman in my college career as well. You think it had something to do uh, playing with older kids growing up that uh, made you get better at it quicker and at a younger age? Um, you know, I think it played a it played a role in it. You know, you had to be tougher too because you know they the older kids always try to pick on the younger kids. Mm. It's no different for my case, even though I was bigger. Um, so you're always just trying to you know find a way to beat them so you know they shut their mouths and they don't have anything to really say to you <laughs> um, so yeah I guess you could say it contributed a little <laughs> um did, did you play with any like other superstars like any other real studs in high school that, that you're like oh this guy's going to the next level too to college um well the guard so I played left tackle in high school my left guard he is he was a starting guard for four three years at uh, Southern Illinois. His name is Xavion Furkron. Um, he made Bruce, uh, the, the freaks, freaks of the year list. I mean, he's probably the strongest person I've ever met. 500 pound bench, 800 pound squat. The dude can, the dude can deadlift just so much. <laughs> he's he's not the only dude on, uh, on this call that could bench 500 plus pounds, my friend. No, but the, the, it's the, all three lifts that really like, sets him apart he's he's the strongest person i know by far and i and i'm not one that you know i i know i'm strong but he next level freaking <laughs> strong you know <laughs> i remember um, when i was a kid you know i grew up as a giants fan and we're going to talk about how we want you to end up on the giants but that's a whole oh, yeah. other story for later in the interview but um i got to meet larry allen um from from the cowboys heyday and he was you know like six seven 375 pounds i mean he was just a, one of the biggest human beings and when i talk about strength i mean i was probably like 14 or 15 when i met him but i've never seen a human being and that's when i was like wow offensive linemen are different they're just different <laughs> things. like um absolutely different so out of high school did you have a lot of college offers to play or um so because of my height i really i had some offers um a lot of fcs schools reached out and offered me um, there's nothing wrong with those schools, but, you know, I thought I played at a higher level than, um, you know, in FCS schools, but I was considering them. And then crazy story about how I ended up at Western Kentucky was, um, on Twitter, I was just sending out my, my film to any coach that followed me. And one of the GAs from Western Kentucky reached out to me and said, I really like your film, but we're just filled up right now. So I was like, okay, no worries. Um, a couple couple of weeks later, he hit me back up out of nowhere and was like, hey, we had one of our guys decommit. Um, I'm going to show our head coach your tape. And so he showed him the tape. And then the next day he called me. He's like, yeah, our, our old line coach wants to come out and meet you. So the old line coach flew out the next day, um, met with him. And then that weekend I set up my official visit and I, I loved it. So I committed. That's amazing. Talking into fruition. I love it. Oh man, it was, it was stressful at the time too. Cause you're like, you did, I didn't really know what, where I was going to go. And then to have it just happen just like that out of nowhere, kind of, you know, it was really, it was really blessed to have that happen. Do you still remember your first game? 
Yeah, I first game I well first game I played in was Charlotte 2017. It was out off a of bye week, and I had worked my my tail off uh, during the bye week, and coach noticed and decided I could rotate in, and that was my the first time I saw action. So I was really cool, really freaked out a little bit because I didn't know I was going to play. Um, and then I, I, I remember my first start as well because they told me 10 minutes before the game that I was starting. Maybe it's better uh, that way sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I guess, but it was just kind of like a shock, you know. Uh, you go through – like because we were just going through warm-ups and during the week nothing had changed. Um, you know, they said I probably would rotate, but not that I would start and that, you know, just hearing the word start when you're so young in your career, you're, you're just like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no time to be nervous. Right. You just got to kind of <laughs> do whatever it takes. Speaking of uh, starts, if I have this correct, you had 55 straight collegiate starts. Is that, is that dead on? Yep. yep that's correct. What, it, where did I read that was, is that, is that a new record of some kind that I just read, read recently? Uh, I don't know if it's a record. I know, um, it's up there with the sixth year because this was my COVID year, so it's my sure. sixth year. Um, I know a couple, a couple other guys who have made it into the fifties, but I mean, a lot of a lot of the guys at Purdue, they they were making fun of me, calling me old, and since I played so much football. <laughs> Mm -hmm. hey, I call it durable. Let me tell you, yeah, that's exactly. one of those, that's a sport where even at the professional level, unless you're a kicker or a quarterback, cause they don't get touched anymore. It's really hard to play 55 straight games at any level. I think hamstring injury, yeah. I mean, so many things could just come up, you know, you know someone could just roll over on you. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been blessed in that area too. If I've ever gotten, uh, you know, an injury that's like, I've never, thankfully I've never had to have like a, you know, a career ending or career, a season ending injury. Um, but I've, I, in our last game of the season, when I was at Western, there was two years in a row where our last game I got hurt and it was out for a little bit of time in the, in the winter following, but I've been thankful. I played through the injuries obviously, but you know, having that recovery time kind of sets you back a little bit. I know what Clax is thinking right now. He's thinking, what kind of foods do you have to eat to keep yourself in shape like that to not get hurt? That's what he's thinking right now. Uh, I mean, I just want to know what you had for breakfast today. You know, I know what I had for, I know what I had for breakfast. Oh, well, my mom, uh, she makes these really good egg sandwiches and uh, my mom's, a, my mom's a teacher and she was off today. <laughs> um, they didn't have school. So she's, she was home with me and she made uh, some of her, famous egg sandwiches for us all right <laughs> so if you had a stack of pancakes you know a normal ihap stack of pancakes how many can you put down we were trying to play some bets before the before this interview on what we thought because we have a co-host who's not here today who said he could put down 12 and we don't believe him he's a real dipshit that thinks he could put down 12 ihop size <laughs> pancakes see i i think i've been to ihop one that's just i, 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 just I like mean any type of just, just a generic <laughs> plate you know dinner plate size pancake I don't know. See, my thing with pancakes is the the syrup gets like it's really sugary, so I can't eat too yeah. much. Otherwise, I'll feel disgusting all day. That's a profession. So I, I mean, I could probably eat. I, I'm confident I can eat five, five or six pancakes, but you know, any more than that, I just don't think I would want to eat anymore. See, so that's a man that understands pancakes, right there. You can't just <laughs> we eat kind of twelve. 
just can't eat 12 pancakes. It yeah, doesn't happen. And what are you eating? Just dry ass, dry ass pancakes? No, you got to cover it in butter and, and, and syrup. And syrup. Yeah. I, I respect that number. Five or six is it's an outstanding number. More than enough, five or six. So yes. what would be, what is, if you had to say, I want to go out and I want to eat like a beast, like what is your meal of a beast? Like, is it steaks? Is it, is it what? I don't think it's broccoli and uh, cauliflower personally. Um, you know, I think we did this a lot. Uh, me and my teammates at uh, Western Kentucky, we had this wing place in, in town and we would go, it was all you can eat on Sundays. That's a great question. So, How many wings can you put down? Let's go. <laughs> That's a better question. So, so four of us put down, and these are like, these aren't like little tiny wings. These were big wings. Four of us put down 156 wings. Whoa. And we, we had it on a, like a, just a giant tall mountain of them. The, all the bones <laughs> took a picture of it, but it was. I mean, that's probably that was a ton of wings we ate. We were just putting them away. It's a manly meal. Were those a bunch of other large human beings like you that were there? Yes, yeah, so I think it was three other offensive linemen. Oh, that's that's called a party if I've ever heard one. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I've got a question. So you, when you started college, um, there was no player profiting, um, any way for players to make money, and honestly. I've been against college sports for so many years because I think it's so unfair to the athletes um, that these these organizations, these schools are profiting hundreds of millions of dollars and the players couldn't even sell a jersey with their name on it or sign an autograph and, and make money. Take a picture. Take a picture. How different have you noticed it being, especially Purdue is a big school. Like, have you noticed a difference? Are any players on the team getting perks now that you know of that they could talk about? Uh, yeah, well, especially our like big time players. So like George Karloftis and David Bell, I know they were really benefiting from all the NIL stuff. They were never really like public with it. They kept it private to themselves. But, you know, I was I'm better friends with George than David because David's a pretty quiet kid. But, uh, you know, George is friends with all the offensive linemen. And, you know, he would tell us about a deal here or there that he did. Or like one day we were before the game. Um, we were in the hotel and we were getting ready. Me and my roommate were watching TV and just suddenly out of nowhere, George is on a car commercial. Like, well, I didn't even know he did that. Like, but you know, it definitely benefited some people. And, um, I think, I think it's good for college football that that happened. Honestly, they, there needs to be a little more fairness because, you know, an average student could, could go out and, you know, sell an idea or, you know, if they do a service for people, they can go and make money off of that and, what's the difference between me and them other than I play football? Like nothing really. I'm just another student too. Cause uh, the NCAA likes to preach student athletes. So. Yeah. That that's been my biggest issue, but I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. I think the NCAA is kind of turning into the wild West because there are no, with the transfer portals now and everything there really, you could kind of just come and go every year if you want to. Um, I love it personally. I know some people have problems with it, but I love no. it. Coaches do it. Case. I mean, well, coaches, that was the whole yeah, for, go ahead, Tyler. That's a, I mean, very valid point about the coaches. They can leave, come and go whenever they want. Um, I think what the, the big thing, and I've, I've talked about this with several people is uh, with, with the transfer portal. I think kids don't realize, or I think their eyes are bigger than their stomach. You know, they, they real they have a little discontent at their university, you know, something, something's not going their way. And, it's typically younger kids that you see getting in the portal, like right away. Freshmen. They're not playing right away. Yeah. But, but you need that development time. And, 
you know, when I, when I came into college, um, you know, I wanted to play right away, but I took, I took that year to develop and, you know, you don't really say anything cause you know, you need it. You know, you just kind of, kind of see the writing on the wall that, okay, well, maybe they're doing this for a reason. Maybe it's not that they, you know, the coaches hate me or the coaches um, want, want someone else to play more than me. It's just that maybe you're just not ready. Um, and so that, and that's why, like, I know a ton of guys that, that they went in the portal last year and they didn't get picked up anywhere or they were at a, you know, group of five school and they had to go down to FCS or they had to go down to, you know, D2 or D3. And it's just, you gotta, you gotta know the stock in yourself as a player, as well as, you know, just know the environment that you're going into. I also think it sets a bad precedent to life really. Right. Like there's nothing wrong with trying to overcome adversity you know, like if someone's like, hey, you may you may have been, the, you know, the number one guy in your high school, you know, granted, everyone's like throwing rules pedals at your feet as you're walking. And then someone else says, you know, you go into college and all of a sudden you're like, hey, you're going to sit behind this this guy for a year or so. And hey, because you're not good at this or that, you know, all of a sudden it's like, well, I've never been told that before in my life. So you must be wrong. Right. So I think that kind of, that sets a really bad, you know, a pathway to life, let alone football. Right. No, oh, yeah, I totally, I mean, like I said, I, I think you get, you get guys that like that, you know, everyone on the, on a college football team is the best player from their high school. Sure. I mean, so few people make it to, especially at the division one level, like everyone's going to be a, a really good player. Um, I think just to have that expectation, like it's okay to have the goal to go in and be like, yeah, I'm going to start right away. And if it happens, it happens. But to have that expectation almost in like, the, you haven't done anything, but you think you deserve it. Sure. It's the, that kind of mentality that I, I think is entitlement. Is what the portal is causing. Yeah. Entitlement yeah. is what, is what it is. So yeah. I, I've got a question. I know football obviously takes up a lot of your time um, and training and, and, and working out, but what, I mean, we, we saw that you are a tattoo artist. So we've got some questions mm-hmm. about that. Um, MC is not here today. He loses a lot of bets on our show. So what we were thinking about doing is betting him where you have, you get to tattoo him at some point. Um, we're gonna we're gonna bet a tie tattoo on him, and he's gonna lose the bet. I mean, he's already had to shave his eyebrows off this year. He's had to lose a lot of things. Um, Pretty good year. So yes, I, I feel like you're gonna be tattooing someone from our our squad before the end of 2022. Uh, we might have to travel out to wherever you are to make it happen, but we'll we'll, we'll do it. Um, how important is it? to have hobbies like that to keep you Zen and get your mind off of football a little bit in the season. You know, I, I would definitely say that like, cause when I, when I first came to Purdue, um, you know, I was really nervous that I wasn't going to make a lot of friends. And during my transition where I was, you know, starting to get to know everyone uh, drawing was like the main way for me to, you know, do that. I would come home from practice after a long day and, you know, you don't really have many people to talk to other than your parents back home. So, you know, I would sit down, turn on the TV or turn on, uh, you know, I have a record player. So I'd put on a couple records and, uh, you know, draw for a bunch of long, long ass time, just spent all night drawing. Um, and then it turned into tattooing when uh, really one of our receivers like blew it up for me because um, I was practicing on myself for so long. Um, he, he was like, oh, where'd you get all those tattoos? I said, oh, I, I do. I tattoo. He's like, you're lying to me. I said, no, I, I tattoo. And he's like, okay, I'm coming over today and you're going to tattoo me. It's like, okay. And so oh, he came wow. over, he came over that day and I did, uh, 
I did two, two pretty big tattoos on them. And then from there, uh, a lot of student athletes uh, came to me and let me tattoo them. And a lot of guys on the team then started to notice his tattoos and were like, okay, he's not, he's not too bad. So they started coming to me. What's your favorite tattoo that you have? That I have? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's tough to say. I have so many. Um, <laughs> what, what's your favorite tattoo one... that you drew on yourself? Uh, well, I have this this pretty big one on my leg. It's a, it's a skull uh, and an eight ball, uh, resting on an eight ball with a rose. And it was like my first like really big design that I – I drew by myself with, you know, a couple, I, I used a couple references, but it was like my, my own design that I kind of put together and I tattooed it on myself. And I, I love it because that's, you know, it was all me that did it. You know, it was like taking what I learned and uh, applying it to myself. Is it American traditional? Uh, no, I don't really, I would say my style is just mostly like black work. Cause I don't really use many colors. Yeah. So mostly, uh, black i normally just shade black i don't even really do uh like true shading sure so obviously you know we talked about how impressive you you have been on the field off the field correct me if i'm wrong finished up your bachelor's now you're uh in process of getting your master's degree in technology leadership right so Mm -hmm. walk me through that process of like your time management and how you can kind of juggle all these things at once uh well it was my undergrad was really hard because i i got my undergraduate degree in mechanical engineering. Um, so that, that took up a lot of my time. And uh, I, I think the thing that would, that saved me the most was uh, having good friends in the program and, you know, coming to a school, you know, you have your football friends that you're always around, but those connections that I made within my program is what really saved me because they understood my time commitment. So they knew like, okay, well, I'm only available from this hour to this hour. And they understood that and would be willing to work with me. Um, you know, they would give me parts of an assignment or a group project that they knew I could handle and I could get done. And, you know, they knew that they could trust me, even if, you know, it might not, it might not be when they want it, it will get done before the, the time's up. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, I was really blessed with really good friends in, that, in the program. So that's what's been able to help me. Uh-oh, Axel, we can't hear you. Oh, you muted yourself. How did I mute myself? I have a weird transitional question. I think I was just picking up my book. Sorry. Uh, I always wonder this from going from being an offensive line from college and shooting for the pros is in your perfect world, who would you love to pancake block? <laughs> See, I've never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is Aaron Donald. He wants to have Aaron Donald. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think many people think about who they want to pancake. I think it just kind of happens. You and just you hope for it to happen, you know? Right. You hope for it to happen. And then when it happens, then you celebrate, you don't really care who it is. It's you don't really, flat. you don't really have targets out there, you know? So what, what is that? So how long do you have between now and your bowl game? Like, so you have like a month off basically. It's coming up. Uh, no. So yeah, I have to leave Wednesday. No, but you. So, what was your last uh, game? Flying out when? Uh, it was the thirtieth, December thirtieth. Okay, so you got a couple weeks. In so I've had, a, I've had about two weeks. Yeah, that's not bad. That's crazy, but you know, no. 
Did you have to no, kind of no, hustle no. your way? Did you have to kind of like apply to that or did they find you? I, you know, I, last couple of years, you see all these, uh, yeah, which is awesome. Like all these like bowl games popping up, extra bowl games slash like college, mm-hmm. you know, uh, recruitment trails where like, you know, more scouts can come out and take a look at some, some like as many guys as possible. So how, walk me through that process. What was that like? Um, well, I just got an invite in my inbox one day from the, the tropical bowl and, uh, you know, it was a great opportunity and I was really, really excited that I got invited to, you know, a senior game. Yeah. That's um, awesome. It was, it was just something like I, I truly didn't even expect it to happen. And then it kind of just happened and I was, you know, I'm very happy with the opportunity and I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you know, I get to do it. It's a great showcase. So when you finish up the bowl game, do you start going into training for like the combine? Is that the next step? Yeah. So that would be the next step. Um, so after the game, the game is the 15th. Um, so I'll take another week off. And then that following week, I'm, I'll fly down to Florida and begin my training in Tampa um, with Athlete Innovations. Oh, nice. That's a very uh, legitimate uh, company that's for sure a lot of athletes have so if, if 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 the world was your oyster and you and you got drafted to the nfl where would you want to go there's only <laughs> one correct answer well i think for you guys it would be the giants but <laughs> i mean they need you more than any team i think too i mean we put you guard center or tackle it's really your I, choice I, when you go to that team I, I feel like you grew up in illinois it makes you either a bears or a pack or a packers fan one or the other so yeah, I'm a I'm a big Bears fan. I've I've always said, uh, well, I had one one of my former teammates from Western Kentucky, uh, Joel EA Buniway. He played for the Chicago Bears, and you know he got to be up on the podium and do a press conference one day. And I was at home at the time and with my parents, and we were watching it on the news. And I, I kind of just mentioned it to him. If that was me, I think I would literally just melt. Like it's like <laughs> so it'd be so mind boggling for me to do that. Um, like for real living a dream. Um, but I, you know, I would love to play for the bears, but, uh, what I've been saying is whoever's willing to pay me, uh, to play, I would be more than happy <laughs> to be your favorite team in your favorite city. Let me tell you. Right. <laughs> there, there, there's, you know, the, the draft is interesting, especially for offensive linemen, because we look back and, it's usually the most um, consistent position that they hit on most teams in the draft compared to like wide receivers and even quarterbacks. But then what's great about linemen is so many get picked up the day after the draft or like an hour after the draft, there's like usually 30 or 40 that get picked up right away by teams. Um, We we, we were looking, I, 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 I think you're going to go, I think you're going to go a little higher than expected in this draft. My friend, I, I, I I like to talk things into fruition and And I, you know, I mean, Chicago would be a good fit. They could use some linemen too. That, that wouldn't be bad. But um, when he looks, you, like he looks like he'd fit, fit Seattle. Who he, he wants those cold. He's a cold city guy. You could tell that. How, how far away from Chicago did you grow up? Is, uh, I'm about 40 minutes south of the city. Oh, you're right there. You're close. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I, I went to Chicago once in, um, in January and it was like, <laughs> You know, I'm from New York, but I live in Arizona now, but I'm from New York and that was a different type of wind and cold and it's nastiness. Crazy. And I was like, man, this is where real men live. Not me. Um, yeah. That's where tough guys, tough yeah. guys sprout. Yeah. I, I had, a, I had to move to Phoenix after that. I was like, I'm done with this. 
Um, Guys that could bench 505 pounds. So out of, <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, <laughs> out of um, out of your teammates you played with, who, who's who's the the best uh, like prospect, the best player you think you ever played with, or even yeah. against, or even best player you played against? Because you played against some big time schools. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would think, I I think George Karloftis is a really good player. Um, yep. Talk just a complete defensive lineman. They uh, haven't like, projected to go to the Giants in the fifth pick. I, I haven't seen that he's been projected to go to the Giants. Um, <laughs> dude is, I mean, he's just a legitimate player. Like, that's the only way I could describe him because, you know, the way he comes off the ball, he, he can do a lot of different things. And he's not defined by being like just a, you know, a, a one-trick pony. So he can, he can bull rush you because he's strong as an ox. But he can also like beat you with little little finesse moves, and you know he knows the perfect time to use them too. It's not like it's it's a mental, oh, he, right? And he's he's so sharp mentally and physically. Like his body is he's so in tune with his body. Um, I think that I mean that's what makes him so good and such a great player. And he I mean he really has an impact on him. Like just watching when you're on the sideline, like he's getting double team, triple team every, t- every time, because they know how much of a threat he is. So I, I, I truly believe that he's probably the best player that I've ever played with. I think you brought up a great point about the mental game. Cause I think going to the next level, that's what separates a lot of these guys. A lot of people have the same skill set, but it's that mental game that kind of puts you above. Um, I was listening to TJ Watt talk after he tied the sack record and, his whole thing was he goes, I just know where to be at the right time. And that's, that's mental. You know what I mean? That's paying that, I mean, physically. Yes. He's a, he's a gifted human being, but um, it's just knowing where to be, knowing how to think, knowing how to train properly. Um, yeah. It's just a different level. I have a tra- another transitional question. So this was a huge year, right? So you guys beat number four team and a number two team. I have to know what was that locker room and slash post game celebration like? Uh, well, in Iowa, it was, it was a lot of fun because, you know, it was the number two team. Uh, it was a little different because we weren't at home. But uh, if you know anything about Iowa's locker room, it's they, uh, the visiting locker room is pink. So, and they try to use it as psychological warfare against uh, wow, the other team. Wow, I didn't know That's, that. That's and, fantastic. And, you know, I, I thought it was, very, <laughs> it was very funny going back in there after we knocked them off of their highest rating in forever. <laughs> um, standing in the pink locker room that was supposed to get to us but uh, <laughs> that was really cool and then uh the michigan state one was a lot a lot more fun because uh we were at home and uh you know having everyone storm the field that's that mean, was my question move. how scary is that you couldn't move like it got really warm in there too and <laughs> i just played a game and i'm trying to find my family because i know they're out there and i'm like okay i gotta try to get to the sideline hopefully they stayed over there and then you know, I did like a whole lap around the field and, you know, fans are just trying to get pictures with anyone they can. So they're t- coming up, taking selfies with you, taking pictures with you and your kids. I mean, it was, it was an unreal experience. And I mean, it was a, it was a really fun game. That's a once in a lifetime experience. Oh, right there. That's, that's awesome. pretty awesome. Yeah, that's, that's so, so Ty, this guy that just joined us, um, this is the legend MC we were telling you about that has shaved, lost a bet already and has had to shave his eyebrows, and he's going to lose another bet, and you're going to be tattooing him at some point. So what's uh, which bet, which bet am I losing now? You'll let us know in the next couple I, I, of months. I, I, oh, probably, okay. the one, probably the one where you think you can eat 12 pancakes. That's probably going to yeah. be the first bet that you lose. So, yes, we, we had a discussion. I could do, do that. 
No, you can't because Ty is a real man compared to all of us. And he even said six pancakes. That's probably with the syrup. That's a limit. You think you could double this man, MC? You, you're, you know, I don't know what to say to you at this point. Oh, I'm going right. to say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll take it back. I'll, I'll take back my 12 pancakes. I was, I was, I thought we were trying to hurt ourselves. I didn't, I didn't realize it was just an actual, like, <laughs> no, it wasn't, a, it wasn't, many, a... how many pancakes can you eat? I thought like we were actually like having like a, a contest. The like, question uh, wasn't how many, how many pancakes can you eat in Fantasyland? It was how many pancakes can you eat? Not 12. And we've also discovered that Ty can average at least, you know, 50 wings in a sit down with his buddies of real size wings. So we, we, we've established there's a whole nother level of eating compared to us. So, so, so I used to do 30 wings. No, no problem. Um, you were also a much larger man back then. I was a much larger man back then. Yes. Yes, did, so were you, were you close to what were you 275 back then i mean uh yeah probably yeah i, I i've been i've been close to three so I, you're uh, a small offensive lineman that's good not an offensive lineman like this guy but i was <laughs> i was an offensive lineman in in high school so okay see i, I wasn't off uh, not 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 like Ty was probably an offensive lineman. He was probably a much better one than I was. But uh, you think yeah. so? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> so. So Ty, we have something something on our show. Um, we we like to brand off in all different things, and one of the things we've branded off this year, uh, we have an all fired up jerky company. I don't know if you like jerky or not. I feel like you're a man that likes his jerky. I do. All right, so we're gonna get your address off air. We're gonna send you our our four <laughs> signature flavors of jerky here. Um, I think if you really need to get to the NFL, you're going to probably want us to keep sending these to you because it's going to it's going to power you like nothing else. It's called all fired up jerky. I mean, what else? You know, what else do you need? Um, right. Getting the all fired up jerky into the NFL. This is big, boys. This is, this <laughs> it's going to be a sponsor eventually. Eventually, it'll be a sponsor like Budweiser and all these other big brands. But for now, we just want to feed like the it. linemen. Defensive and offensive linemen only, strictly. It's only people we will send jerky to right now. No diva positions. They don't deserve jerky at the no, moment. Absolutely no, absolutely not. No. They got to earn the jerky. They're yep. gritty snack. They're, they're not that gritty. <laughs> the, 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 line, the linemen, the linemen, the linemen, the I got a question about food, especially with the college. So, how much do they do they feed you guys? Like, do are, do they cover your meals for the most part? So when I when I got to Purdue, it was a lot different. Um, they have more money to spend, but uh, yeah, they they cover a lot. Like I, I spend very little money on my own food. They, it was are like, you eat, are you eating like just like a ton too? Like, is it? I mean, it's it's more than enough. Yeah. <laughs> they like my schedule was like I would wake up, I would wake up in the morning, uh, go to go to football. I'd, I'd have a. a go to the nutrition center i'd get a little something for breakfast uh, i'd work out and then they'd have lunch catered for us from a, like a local restaurant so it'd be like jimmy john's uh, uh nice. noodles and company something like that nice um, you'd get that little meal and then you know you'd have uh practice or conditioning or something and then you'd go to a training table and training table is just a all you can eat i mean it's good it's good food and it's not or your chefs they have chefs that make it for you it's it's fun eating, eating every like a, like a buffet yeah. like you just just go nuts yeah. that's awesome and it, i mean it's it was really good and <laughs> keep that girlish figure how would clax do it that thing he, he would do just like how he looks right now he's all slouched over about to pass out yeah yep 
Yep. All this all checks out. Um, and, and the level of Purdue greats from football is Drew Brees considered like the goat over there? Yeah, he is. He, uh, you know, people, a lot of people think very highly of him. He's, uh, I think he, I think that's probably he is the best Purdue player ever, right? Uh, I think uh, Mike Allstott go there too. Yeah, Mike Allstott. Oh, it Allstott. Allstott that was there? nice. I didn't. I didn't realize also. I didn't. And, and who was the first great quarterback to go there? Bob Greasy was the first great quarterback. I think he went to Purdue. Good. Not hundred percent sure, but he Good was like God. a college football Hall of Famer. I think that went to Purdue. So they've had some some talent for sure. He had a good NFL career too. He did. No, he better did than, better yeah. than his son. That's good job, E. That's good job. No. Um, good good Google machining. Do you know? Yes, um, it's called nice. that's called prep work before the show. That, that's yeah. a nice prep. That's a nice prep job. <laughs> while making, Solid prep job. I was slicing jerky today, reading about Purdue football history. It's great. Um, you know what else I discovered? <laughs> I discovered today that Drew Brees, his hair should win comeback player of the year. Did you yeah, see? He should. He has now? It's phenomenal. His what hair is holding? his comeback hair is better than LeBron's. Yeah, it's it's well, absolutely amazing. His is real. Yeah, well, <laughs> is it so? <laughs> well, I mean, it's somebody's. We don't know if it's his, it's but it's somebody's. Somebody's here. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. All right. Somebody. Well, Ty, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, we hope that we get to talk to you again after you get drafted by the NFL. Um, you were Axel's first choice. He had a list of like twenty people he's been going through, but you were like literally number one. He sent us like. I don't know how he became such a fan of you, honestly, being in where he's in Charlotte or not Charlotte, but he's in South Carolina. Um, it's a, a ridiculously boring story. So for work, right, I have to go to Indiana a lot. So what I do is I follow, you know, like your typical uh, go to Indiana programs. And uh, man, you popped up when when I was looking at who's uh, obviously moving on with their careers to the next level. So I appreciate you doing this, man. It's really, really nice of you. Yeah, no yes. problem. I, I appreciate you all having me on and uh, getting getting a chance to talk with all of you. I, I'm oh, looking don't forward worry about to it. We, we can't wait for – yeah, not only are you going to love the jerky, but we can't wait to see what kind of uh, tattoo that we we get on MC in the next <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be pretty epic. <laughs> that is happening. I think, you should, I think it might be like a Purdue logo. Have you done any Purdue logos yet? You know what? I, you know what? I, I have not. Get him a, a Boilermaker right on his chest. Right on his right – Why on not? Why not? I, I, I knew you would do this. Yeah. I, first of all, what, what's the big deal? Just get a Purdue logo like on your leg or something. If someone asks you, you'd be like, it's yeah. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's, it's a, a good deal. story. And um, and uh, I got to say, Ty's got a really good beard. Good job. Solid beard. I've he been does. waiting. We appreciate beards on this Very show. Um, Solid beard, dude. Yeah. Clax, yeah. you have anything else you want to say? You've talked so much. Um, so Joey Clax, he's our Emmy-winning producer extraordinaire. How many, how many, how many MGs did you have? Uh, he looks like so he ate a lot of edibles today because he's really not talking very much and he's melting in, literally melting into his couch right now. <laughs> I, I, I did. I did. <laughs> Pretty excited. A lot of things became legal in New York this year. I, I did. Gambling yeah. and other things. And this guy just uh, listen, man. He's wearing, he's wearing a he's wearing a fucking It's negative five degrees outside. Ty would be in a t-shirt in that weather. He's a real man. Ty would be jumping in the lake. Whoa, we're going to end on that note. Ty, we love you. We can't wait to see you in the book. Definitely are hoping that you end up on the football giants without JoJo. Until next week, all fired up. Say frog.